Hello everyone and welcome back to a Sweet Sunrise podcast. I know I usually post in the early morning, but I had a really fun workout plan with a friend yesterday when I usually record, so I pushed it back a little. So, while it is still Tuesday, I'm catching you all at a bit of a different time. If this is the first episode you're listening to, hi, welcome, my name is Callie Dane, and I host a small podcast all about books and wellness. I graduated with my English degree from the University of Florida back in December, and then created a very small social media platform to talk about books and wellness practices. Today, we're going to be talking about a book that I've only seen a few times on social media, but what it lacks in internet popularity, it makes up for in substance. Dusty and I spent the long weekend with Dusty's family. We watched the Goofy movie on Thursday night, and on Friday we had a boat day and even had an Easter egg hunt on the boat. Some of the eggs had shots, others had dares, and it was the best time. I ended up having to dance on the bow of the boat for one minute, and Dusty had to do a flip into the water, which actually landed kind of poorly. He uh, uh, got a little bit of a belly flop burn going on there. Um, On Saturday, Dusty and I had breakfast with my grandparents, and we got to play with their puppy named Poppy while we all watched the Masters. And she is so tiny compared to our dogs, and she literally only weighs 10 pounds when ours weigh like 50. So it's funny to see her bark at Zorro and chase him around. Then we went back to Dusty's house, where his mom made an amazing Easter dinner with killer mac and cheese. We played games, watched a movie, and then headed back to Gainesville around 5 o'clock. We spent the rest of the night relaxing, watching Modern Family with a bunch of Easter candy, We are spoiled, literally. So much candy in our house right now. We also finished watching the Masters on Sunday, and let me tell you, I usually hate golf and find it really boring, but also, especially this weekend, it was really calming and just relaxing to watch. I think it's the sounds for me, because the announcers talk like so quietly, and you can always hear the wind and the sound of the ball getting hit. It's just really peaceful. It's kind of a moment. I don't know a ton about the sport, but I know that Rom won, and it may not be like super exciting, but it did help me relax on Sunday. We are both really exhausted and in desperate need of a reset. Luckily, it is spring, so it is the season for cleaning, re-energizing, and healing. We spent some time cleaning and running errands on Sunday. We even went to Trader Joe's and I got some hydrangeas for the living room just to brighten up the space a little bit. And it really has helped give me a little mood boost in the past couple days while I'm hanging out in the living room. So definitely recommend getting yourself some just because flowers for your space. I also picked up some more eucalyptus for our shower, which I love and Dusty loves too. I'm sure I already talked about this on the podcast, but hanging some eucalyptus in your shower is an absolute game changer. It is so calming and it feels so refreshing and as Dusty likes to put it, feels like you're in a rainforest. (laughs) I also had the best workout yesterday with my good friend Lexi. It was rainy outside, so we went to the little gym in my apartment complex and ran on the treadmills for about 20 minutes. Not a fan of treadmills because... I think they're kind of just like a mental block for me because you can always see how fast you're going and like obviously you're not really going anywhere so I kind of feel like a hamster but it was really fun with someone else and you could like talk and like I don't know it was like a bonding experience and I didn't find it as hard 
running with like a partner. So I got a good two mile run in and then we used some free weights for a bit of an upper body workout. I really slack on my upper body exercise. I'll be the first to admit it. So I'm a little sore today from basically doing nothing (laughs) with five and 10 pound weights. So yeah, I usually only do cardio and I know that's not super healthy, but running is just kind of what I know. Uh, But I am going to try adding a few other things in there every once in a while. In other news, I'm starting to get more excited about moving to Orlando this summer. I'm really excited to start a new chapter with Dusty, and we've started looking at some houses available for rent. It would be really great to have some more space for us and the dogs, and I really am ready to get out of Gainesville. (laughs) Seriously. I loved my time at UF, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. But if you're not connected to the university anymore, Gainesville just really isn't the most enjoyable place to be. I think it's just way more of a student area, if you get what I'm saying. So I'm really looking forward to a new adventure for us. It will still be a while, and I need to get through the work days and all the days up until then. But it is officially time to start planning, and that is exciting. And that is pretty much it for life updates, but I am super excited to talk about today's pick because it really did take me by surprise. However, before we do that, I'm going to share my mini spring reset checklist to help feel refreshed. I know I mentioned last week that this time of year can be really stressful, especially for any students listening, so I thought this was the perfect opportunity to share some things I've learned over the years that make me feel super put together and relaxed. Number one is cleaning, which is pretty obvious, but it really does make a huge difference. I find that clutter can really affect my headspace, and it can really help clear my head to organize my space and get rid of things I no longer want or need. So go through all your makeup products, your skincare products, your hair products, things you might have stashed underneath the sink in the bathroom, stuff like that. You just need to go through and get out what you don't use anymore. Just get rid of it. But beyond the basic decluttering, I really recommend doing a deep clean this time of year, which means wiping down everything in your kitchen, cleaning out your fridge, mopping the floors, scrubbing the bathroom, Basically anything you might have been putting off for a while. It sounds like a really tedious and time-consuming chore, but I promise it will make you feel 10 times better when you can finally relax in a clean and decluttered space. Personally, I like to listen to a podcast while I clean and have it going in my AirPods or on my Bluetooth speaker, but your favorite music or TV show in the background can also make the process a lot more enjoyable. And number two is kind of similar, but it's so important that I wanted to give it its own space on the list, and it is to clean your sheets. Wash those sheets, everyone. There really is nothing better than getting into bed after a long day and having clean, soft sheets to sleep on. A lot of people slack on this one, but you really should be cleaning your sheets at least every two weeks. Bacteria can build up there from dead skin cells and sweat, and those oils and dirt can really affect your skin. So, during the reset, make sure and change those sheets. Number three, very important, is make a healthy and balanced grocery list. 
Dusty and I have started ordering grocery pickup from stores, and I think it really helps us not to impulse buy unnecessary things. On Sundays, we sit down and decide what we want for breakfast, lunches, and dinners that week, and then make a well-rounded list that will carry us through the week. I know it's really easy to order takeout and fast food, but it really does make a difference in your mind and body to meal prep and make sure to have the proper nutrients in your meals. Number four on the list is to get yourself a journal. I journal almost every day during downtime at work, and I find it really helpful to my mental health. Whether you like to just recap your days, write out some goals, journal about your thoughts, or anything else, it's really beneficial to your mind to express thoughts and feelings in any form. I've been journaling for a long time, and it's really cool to be able to pick up one from a couple years ago and read about what I was doing then and how I was feeling. I just think it's a really special way to be able to connect to yourself, and so I would highly recommend getting yourself a journal if you haven't already. Now, number five is the fun one, so get ready. But don't go all crazy on me. I mean this in moderation. Last on my mini list is to treat yourself to a couple new outfits or products. To really feel re-energized, it always helps to try out a few new things. This doesn't mean you need to go on a full-on shopping spree by any means. There are plenty of cheaper things that you can get to boost your routine. But for example... If there's a new skincare or a makeup product you've really been wanting to try, or if there's a new style you'd like to try out, now's the time. Get your hair or nails done and treat yourself to something that makes you feel confident. And it may be helpful for you to budget this out financially so you don't go overboard. Find out exactly what you can afford by looking at your income and all your monthly expenses. And I know this is just a mini list, but I really hope I can help you kick off your spring reset in a healthy way. Remember, it's the time of year to get your shit together, so good luck. Now, I'm going to transition into talking about this week's pick that I am beyond excited to share with you. Today, we will be talking about Beartown by Frederick Bachman, which is apparently part of a three-book series, which I didn't know about, so you know I'm going to get my hands on the sequel as soon as I can. But, you know, reading it, I felt that it could definitely act as a standalone novel, too. Um, Bachman published this book back in 2016, and it being a Swedish novel, it had to be translated to English to gain popularity in the States. And he ended up doing very well and going on multiple American tours. Unfortunately, all the time he spent in the public eye doing interviews and media presence led to a breakdown in 2017, which inspired one of his most well-known bestsellers, Anxious People. I had only just heard about Beartown this year, and after reading a bit about it, I immediately knew I had to add it to my list. It is also a show on HBO, but it's in Swedish and it's not available where I am, which is a huge bummer because I really wanted to watch it, so hopefully I can find a way Hopefully I can just find a way to watch it. But reading this book only took about 10 days, and since it's only, it's over 400 pages long, I'd say that that was me going through it pretty quick, because I read it in 10 days purely in downtime during work. So put that in perspective, I was going through it pretty quickly. 
And let me tell you, it was so refreshing to open a book and find a unique voice. Basically everything I've complained about in most of the other modern books I've had episodes on is miraculously not a problem in this book. Bachman had such a clear imagination with an original voice on important issues. I could not have been more pleasantly surprised by this book, and I cannot wait to order the sequel now that I know he's made it a series. Now, before I get into my back-of-the-book summary, I need to give a big trigger warning. This book deals with accounts of sexual assault and violence, and some people may find this especially unsettling or triggering. If this applies to you, I would highly suggest checking out my last episode on Women on Fire that I released last Tuesday. It is an extremely exciting book that doesn't touch on the same themes, and it might be a safer listen for you. Okay, so if you're still with me, let's get into it. In a small town almost always covered in snow and ice, a struggling hockey club clings to hope in their junior team. Led by 17-year-old hockey prodigy Kevin Edrell, the junior team is set to compete in the semifinals against a much bigger town. Kevin has trained since he could walk, and he might just be the best player the coaches and the residents of Beartown have ever seen. Giving everything to the sport, his life revolves around hockey, and he just wishes that his parents could appreciate his effort enough to attend a game. With the admiration of the entire town, Kevin and his best friend and badass teammate Benji lead their team to victory in the semifinals. Across town, General Manager of Beartown Hockey Club, Peter Anderson, struggles to accept changes in his staff when the board decides to fire his own coach and mentor. While he is consumed with work anxiety, his 15-year-old daughter, Maya, is swooning over the hockey star. And Kevin has taken notice of her, too, much to the dismay of his new teammate, Amat, who has been in love with Maya for years. To celebrate their major victory, Kevin throws a big party that night while his parents are away. What happens that night will change the town forever. When Amat drunkenly walks into Kevin's bedroom and sees the girl he loves being violently raped by the town's hero, he has many decisions to make. In a town where hockey is everything and the word of a young girl isn't taken very seriously, is it really possible for justice to be done? A community of less than sentimental people must all come to understand one another in the wake of this tragedy. Coaches, players, parents, club members, and everyone in Beartown struggle to make sense of their lives. What kinds of things do men hide through sports? Is greatness born or earned? Is it possible for Maya to recover from this trauma? Order your copy to find out. So, let me just say, wow. I know this is another book of many characters, so just bear with me. This book isn't just about one young girl. It's about an entire town, and that's something really special. Focusing on the town itself for a minute, it's clear that the people of Beartown are survivors. They live in this tiny town buried in a forest with an unforgiving climate, and life is a struggle every day. Bachman himself said in an interview that this unites the people of Beartown and that a certain pride comes from living under these conditions, where you could die just walking out your door and freezing to death if you take the wrong route in the woods. 
And while they may be accustomed to a hostile climate, most of the residents lack the ability to connect emotionally with the people that they have known their entire lives. These are not people that talk openly and directly to one another. They'd rather tough things out on their own. But what happens when things start to get too much? Maya's trauma helps them bridge an emotional gap between one another and create a conversation about the culture of their town. And to me, that's seriously powerful stuff. The main conflict of this book centers around a rape. The rape is witnessed, there is physical evidence, and Maya stands by her story the entire time. But Kevin is the star of the town, a town that desperately wants to build a hockey academy in the coming years. The involvement of Maya's father, GM of the club, also becomes an issue. Maya leans on her family and best friend Anna to help carry her through the backlash that comes from the town with her report. She wonders if she can even survive this, and then she starts to wonder if Kevin deserves to survive it too. And while Maya struggles in her incredibly painful ways to try and cope with her own trauma, each character is dealing with their own internal issues. For example, Benji, Kevin's best friend, has doubts about Kevin's side of the story. His best friend has never been able to lie to him, and he saw Maya run into the woods that night. Benji fights to come to terms with Kevin's actions, while he also fights to come to terms with himself and who he really is. In the wake of the allegations against Evan, Kevin, he steps up as a leader of the junior team. But is the respect of the town enough to make Benji truly accept himself? Then there's also Amat, a dorky character that we just love. He's the smallest and newest member of the team. Does he have enough strength to do the right thing and tell everyone what really happened the night of Kevin's party? Or will he get swept into that pack mentality of the team where he's accepted and where they protect one another no matter what, a place where he finally feels welcome? All his life, Amat has wanted to be a great hockey player. And playing with Kevin gives him a chance to do that. But what about Maya? And what about what he saw? These internal battles are so moving, and Bachman jumps back and forth between characters so quickly, yet seamlessly. So, yes, like Woman on Fire, it is another book that switches perspectives fairly quickly. Sometimes you'll only be with a character for a few paragraphs at a time. But when this happens, it's important to pay attention because these character switches have very important timelines. In doing this, Bachman is showing you that the similarities within the people of Beartown and how their struggles bleed together in many ways. They might all have different conflicts, but the people of the town feel a strong sense of solidarity and community in their own unique way. Now, before I give my rating, I want to talk a bit about the athletics side of this book. Centering around a hockey team, Baratown tells the story of young athletes coached by the same man since the age of seven, and we get to see in his mind a lot, and we get to see some very different coaching styles between this coach and the one he's about to replace. And the bond he shares with his players is something else entirely. Imagine coaching a kid for 10 years and then, you know, finding out that he's accused of something like this. 
but does he really understand them as much as he'd like to believe? The hockey side of the book is very well written, and Bachman's familiarity with the sport is clear. Now, I might be biased because hockey is my favorite sport, but I found all those practice and game scenes incredibly exciting. It's a very complicated task to try and paint a word picture of a team sport in action. Hockey plays in particular are hard to describe in a narrative sort of way, but I think Bachman did a great job in capturing these plays while also including player emotion and their personal drive. And really, there are so many other things I could talk about with this book, but I only have so much time. So I'm going to let you read it and analyze some of the rest for yourself, and hopefully you'll tell me about it and what you think. As far as my official rating, I'm going to give this book a 9 out of 10. The imagery, the subject matter, the character development are all incredible in this story. The only thing I felt was missing was more of a metaphorical aspect. Bachman writes in a very matter-of-fact way, and I really appreciated that about this book. He's blunt, and he tells things how it is, but I still sometimes felt myself looking for a little more of artistic suggestions, of a deeper meaning to all of it. But I did very much enjoy his style, and I would highly, highly suggest ordering yourself a copy of this book because it is the best book I have picked up in a long time. And I'm truly grateful I heard about it on Instagram. So this is your sign. Log on to Amazon and order yourself a copy of Bear Town today. And that is going to be all for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me rant about books again. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider following the show and leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It would really mean a lot to me. As always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at a sweet sunrise underscore pod and myself on TikTok at Callie X Dane for more. Thanks again for listening and have a great week, everyone.